everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. This episode's a bit of a weird one. It's going to be a little bit haphazard, but I thought it might be really fun to kind of share, I guess, I guess a sort of list of my favorite Korean actors and actresses. And I mean, more than just talking about my favorites, I kind of wanted to, I guess, talk about the transition of my favorites since I started watching K-drama, which for me was 10 years ago now. And the kind of actors and actresses that are still my favorites after 10 years, but also, you know, the new actors and actresses that I've started really paying notice to in the last few years as well. Because I think um, there's been a bit of a shift with a lot of new fresh faces, I suppose, really jumping onto my top favorites list. Um, So I'm going to kind of just, (laughs) I'm just going to waffle on about every everybody um and we'll see how this goes but I will warn you guys obviously you know everyone has very different tastes and I totally understand that everyone you know is going to be obsessed with different people I am going to try and cover a lot but also I don't know how long this episode is going to be so (laughs) I might cut it short at some point we'll see how this goes um but when I started writing down the names of all the people that I really like it was ridiculous and it was endless so there kind of came a point where I was like I have to I have to stop writing down names right now or or my podcast episode will be like a million hours long so there's a, a very high potential that I may not have included in my favorites list somebody that you really really love or um even because I'm pretty bad at this maybe even I left out someone I really loved because I forgot them (laughs) so basically what I'm trying to say is this episode's a little bit all over the place and rubbish um and if there's someone that I have missed that you really adore um I think that's really cool that you love them even if maybe they're not for me but you can totally just let me know who you love because I love hearing about what different people like um And I think that's what's so nice about the world. We may all love K-drama together, but we all have our own personal taste. And I think that really comes into it in the kind of genres within K-drama that might appeal to us most or the character types that appeal to us most. And of course, our own personal list of favorite actors and actresses. But here we go. And this is me sharing mine with you. Okay, so the first actress that I wanted to talk about in my list today is the actress Kim So Hyun. Um, I think anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a little while will know it is no secret that Kim So Hyun is my top absolute favorite actress. Um, not favorite Korean actress, just 
favourite actress across the board. I think she is freaking fantastic. She's so good. Um, Interestingly enough, uh, when I was kind of going through this list, I was really thinking about it and writing a list of all the people that I really like and all the people I really love. And I thought it was kind of fascinating to me that when it comes to Korean actresses, um, I have my just absolute top favorite, Kim So Hyun, who I will watch in anything. I will follow her around drama land forever. Like, I love her. She's so cool. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other actresses that kind of are just a step below her that I really love as well. Um, but no one particularly, maybe more than other ones. There's just a whole bunch that I really like. But when it comes to Korean actors... I don't really have like one total standout absolute favorite Korean actor. I actually just have a smaller group of absolute favorites. And usually I just go through phases where I just like madly watch every drama that one particular person is in. And for like a few months, they're my favorite. And I kind of have maybe four or five Korean actors and I just sort of like go around in circles with whichever one of them has a new drama, I guess. <laughs> and for that month, they're my favorite. Um, but I always come back to the same people, like, you know, the same small group as my top favorites. And it's just really interesting to me that for Korean actors, I have a small group that's my top favorite. And yet for Korean actresses, I really do have that one standout actress or that one standout person that I just love the most. So I don't really know what that says about me or says about anything at all. Probably nothing. <laughs> but I really, really do love Kim So Hyun. So I guess what I'll do is kind of walk you through like a little bit of the history. Um for me and I guess how I got onto her and stuff because, you know, obviously she's a younger generation actress and she wasn't particularly around, you know, or taking on lead roles or anything like that when I first started watching drama. So she is someone that I've sort of discovered halfway through and then just really, really loved. Um, so the first drama that I saw Kim So Hyun in was the kind of romance fantasy sagok from 2012 called The Moon Embracing the Sun. Um, this drama, when it came out, of course, it stars, you know, the madly famous again, Kim Soo Hyun, who is a man and not Kim So Hyun, <laughs> who is a, a, a girl or woman, I should say. Um, so that's very confusing for you guys. Um, but Kim So Hyun was in The Moon Embracing the Sun. And I don't know if I totally love that drama. It's been a very long time since I've seen it, but I didn't really connect with the romance. Maybe it's because, you know, like I say a lot, you know, the king is the main character in that Joseon set sort of fantasy sagok. And I'm not a big fan of kings who have eunuchs running around after them and stuff. So I was, I just didn't find it as romantic as I wanted to, even though I really wanted to love that drama. But I did really remember in the childhood section of The Moon Embracing the Sun, it had this like trio of child actors who have all gone on to be quite famous now. So there was Kim So Hyun, uh, Kim Yoo Jung, who is also someone I really like. She wouldn't be one of my top favorites, but also I feel like she's in not always the best dramas. Like um, she's been in one mega hit, but then, um, which was, what was that one called? Uh something about clouds and the sun. <laughs> it was another fantasy romance saguk uh, with um, Park Bogum, uh, which I did really enjoy that one. So I do really like Kim Yoo Jung, but I think lately she hasn't been in anything that's particularly kind of grabbed me. And of course, um, you know, the the boy who was in The Moon Embracing the Sun as part of that childhood trio was Yo Jin Gu, who has gone on to be madly famous, um, for instance, starring with IU in 
Hotel de Luna and, you know, freaking everything else. He's very famous now. So it's very interesting to me that I saw like, you know, this really early version of these three, you know, back then kids who turned out to be all kind of big stars in their own right. Um, And at the time of watching that drama, The Moon Embracing the Sun, I was totally, I really noticed Kim Yoo Jung, to be honest. I just thought she was so good in it, so lovely. And I really liked her. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing her get older and start to take lead roles. I really like her. And yet in the end, um, when I started watching more dramas after that, it was actually Kim Soo Hyun who really, I guess, I want to say stole my heart. Is that a bit too epic? I don't know. I really love her. (laughs) Um, But I saw her again in a very short little drama, which was also, wow, it was also from 2012. I think it's only like one or two episodes and it's called Ma Boy. So M-A Ma Boy. So Ma Boy is a really fun, like little, um, I guess like Oh, you know how there's all these dramas about girls dressing up with boys and then sneaking into like dorm rooms to like, I don't know, act or play sport or some shit. I don't even know. Um, In My Boy, it's about this like really famous, mega famous pop star boy who has to pretend to be a mega famous pop star girl for some fucking reason that I can't remember. It's really cute and sweet. And he ends up like, you know, sharing a dorm room in some high school with Kim So Hyun, who is his roommate, who thinks that this posh girl that he... She's sharing a room with really hates her, but of course, really, it's a boy trying to hide his identity. Um, I thought it was really cute. It's like it's super like little chase, just fun, sweet, short drama, but I really enjoyed it. And I think it really kind of made me take notice of Kim So Hyun a little bit more. Um, after that, I didn't really see her hugely in stuff for a little while. I guess um, she was in stuff, but I didn't really come across her so much or I noticed her a little bit. But um, she took a lead role in the drama Who Are You School 2015, which came out in 2015. (laughs) Um, And that was her kind of first lead role that I really took notice of her in. I think it might have even just been her first lead role. Um, And I I really love that drama. It also stars Nam Ju Hok, um, who I also really like. He's great. Uh, They're both very baby-faced, you know, they're very young in it. And I really loved that drama. It really made me feel a lot of emotions. It's a melodrama youth kind of mystery romance. It gets quite dark, but it's also charming and sweet as well. Um, I really, really loved it. And I think that that's the drama that really cemented her as just a total favorite for me. And since then, I basically watched or at least tried all her dramas. So Paige Turner, I've got an episode on that. Um, Bring It On Ghost uh, from 2016, I've got an episode on that. Um, I haven't actually seen Goblin or Guardian, The Lonely and Great God yet, which I know everyone really, really loves, but I have not seen it for some reason. Um, I watched Kim So Hyun in The Emperor, Owner of the Mask. Um, I only watched half of that um, quite a few years ago. I'm, I'm always wonder if I'll go back to it, actually, because I'm a kind of more serious about the history ones now, but I don't know that that's like, you know, a proper historical. So hmm, maybe I'll go back to it. Um, I tried Radio Romance, um, which I don't think I finished it, even though I also really like the lead actor in that one, um, who was in Splash Splash Love. It's the same guy. Um, So Radio Romance was really cute, but I just think it kind of petered out a little bit for me. And of course she was in Love Alarm and The Tale of Nokdu, which is another total favorite drama for me. Um, and Kim Soo Hyun has a drama coming out next year in 2021 that I am 
bonkers excited about called the Moon Rising River. Hmm, that's a funny name, the Moon Rising River. So the Moon Rising River also, I'm very excited about, stars Jisoo, who I also really, really love, um, and is set during the Goryeo Dynasty and is basically based on this kind of epic love story legend um, that has been, you know, in, I guess, Korean history for, I guess, all the way since the Goyo dynasty, I suppose, about this princess, um, what's her name, Pyongyang, Pyongyang, uh, who during the, the Goyo dynasty is, is kind of like, you know, trying to take power and do well and be a leader and also this um, like really intense general guy who she starts to, I guess, you know, have her heart wander towards or something. <laughs> so I'm super, super excited about the Moon Rising River, um, which is coming out next year in 2021. So that was a long waffle, um, but Kim Soo Hyun really is my most favorite actress. Um, and so therefore I feel like she deserves a long waffle because she's so great. <laughs> So next on my list is the actor Lee Min-ho. So Lee Min-ho. So I wouldn't say that Lee Min-ho these days is one of my kind of core favorite, favorite actors. Um, I'll talk about all those dudes in a second. But the reason that I wanted to kind of put him on this list is because hands down, he was the first Korean actor that I kind of started following around K-drama land and fangirling about. And I loved him for many, many, many years when I first started watching K-drama. And to be honest, I still love him, but I feel like I haven't connected with one of his dramas in quite a few years um, or one of his characters in quite a few years. And that has sort of not made me not like him. I still really, really like him, but just he's not like forefront in my mind these days just because I haven't really loved him in something, um, which I always feel is less to do with him and more to do with the dramas that he's in, to be honest. Um, so my first experience with Lee Min-ho, who was definitely when I started watching K-dramas like 10 years ago or whatever, he was so big. Like, I feel like he was, I mean, he was the fresh-faced, new, massive star. And he was so big. Everyone, you know, like he was everywhere on the internet. Like he just felt huge. Um and yeah, so I like, I really noticed him from Boys Over Flowers, <laughs> which is the hot mess drama of 2009, which is just if, fucking bonkers. Like it's so fucking bonkers. I just don't even understand that drama, but also it has a special place in my heart because I did discover uh, Lee Min-ho in it with his mad curly hair and his, his angry, cranky, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gu Jun-pyo is the character. So I saw him in Boys Over Flowers, became obsessed, even though in that drama, like he's such a dick, like he's just the worst, but I still loved him. So the drama that came out after that, that I watched him in was called Personal Taste. I feel like it's a drama that probably would not hold up now. It's all about a dude pretending to be gay so he can live in a house with a girl. I don't know. It's no good. I feel like it's no good. <laughs> even at the time I was like, mm, mm, I don't know about this. Uh, so I didn't didn't like that one particularly. Didn't really like him in it either. Um, but then in 2011, a K-drama came out called City Hunter, uh, which hilariously for me back then, I really didn't, you know, Korean language was still very, very new for me. And I was endlessly amused by every time someone in the K-drama said City Hunter, they would instead say Shitty Hunter. And I... <laughs> 
I guess I was just very juvenile <laughs> 10 years ago. I thought it was really funny. Um, I hope I wouldn't think so now, but, you know, who knows? So City Hunter was a drama that, you know, this is one of those like iconic dramas for me because I called a sickie to work so that I could binge watch the last few episodes. <laughs> and frankly, in the last 10 years of my life watching K-dramas, that is the moment that I know that something is like really sunk in deep and that I'm very, very obsessed. Um, another drama that I called in a sickie to finish was the kind of cult, scary OCN thriller called Save Me, which has Udo Hwan, Taekyeon and Soya Ji in it. So that one was another favorite for me. Um, but yes, uh, however many years ago this was in 2011 and I called a sickie from work to stay home and finish City Hunter. And the main thing I remember from City Hunter is it was just before the mad new fashion craze in men's hair hit K-drama land, which is, as we all know now, the kind of puff mushroom helmet thing that a lot of men have these days. Um, so back then it was all about kind of sleek, long do. And City Hunter really features Lee Min Ho with kind of a sleek... I don't know, hairstyle thing, um, which I really liked. I remember being like, yes, this is very nice. I like it a lot. And I also remember him being this badass action star, like so super cool while wearing really tight hot pink pants. And at that time, being new to K-drama land and coming from you know, a slightly shitty macho Western culture kind of country where dudes are dudes and they don't wear pink because of, I don't know why, just silliness. Um, I was like, whoa, this guy is like super cool. He's like running around bashing people up and being an awesome, awesome action hero. And he's also wearing tight pink pants. Um, so I enjoyed that a lot. And so that really cemented my love of Lee Min Ho. And then the next year in 2012, Faith came out, also known as, I think, The Great Doctor, which is a time slip drama. Um, and Lee Min Ho plays General Choi Yong, who is a true life historical figure from the Goyo dynasty, who was sort of around there at the very end of the Goyo dynasty and was just, you know, murdered a little bit, I'm pretty sure, um, just at the birth of the Joseon dynasty. So how nice. Um, but anyway, Faith you know, it's interesting for me. I loved him in Faith. Faith would be my favorite Lee Min Ho performance and character. Like, I just love it. And then after that, for quite a few years, I just didn't connect with any, I guess, other dramas that Lee Min Ho was in. And I still loved him, but I just didn't think about him as much, I suppose. Um, but it's been interesting for me because I've been rewatching Faith very recently and it's really rekindled my love for him and reminding me why I really, really loved him so much as a total top favorite actor for many, many years before I kind of, I don't want to say forgot about him, but, you know, it just kind of lost that fervor for me, I suppose, um, because Lee Min Ho was in the drama from 2013 called The the heirs, the heirs, I hate pronouncing that one, the heirs with um, the actress Park Shin Hye, uh, which, you know, it was okay. I really enjoyed it at the time. Um, I wrote the longest, maddest recap slash review, which you can find on my website. Like it would take you a hundred years to read it. I literally recapped every episode in one massive long review. Like it's insane. I don't know why I did that. So clearly I was, I was quite obsessed with the heirs when it came out. Um, but in hindsight, like, I don't know if it was so much for me. Um, but again, you know, he played this kind of rich, arrogant, 
rich, arrogant jerk dude, which is not so much my thing. Um, I much prefer silent, <laughs> historical general types <laughs> with a lot of trauma in their past. Um, I was talking about Faith. That's his character in Faith. Um, so after that, in 2016, he was in The Legend of the Blue Sea, which I enjoyed but didn't love. And then, of course, in 2020, he was the king in the drama the King Eternal Monarch, which I've got an episode on that and you can listen to my thoughts on that one. I won't go into that here. Um, so that is my experience over the years with the actor Lehman Ho, who lately I feel like I've becoming obsessed with again because of rewatching Faith. And, you know, Faith is an older drama. It's a bit clunky and there's a lot of mad, I don't know, like fantasy weird stuff going on. But Lee Min Ho is so good in that drama, in my opinion. I love him in it. He's just like wonderful. Um, so yeah, that's enough waffle on that. Oh my gosh, can I just say how much fun this is talking about all this stuff? I didn't really know it would be this much fun. I'm having a great time, you guys. <laughs> All right, so the next actress on my list um, is Susie, also known as Bay Susie or Bay Suji. Um, so, like I said, Kim So Hyun is just my ultimate favorite, and then every other actress that I really love is kind of like I just love it when they're in dramas, and I do kind of check out dramas that all of these actresses are in, but I have a really kind of I guess haphazard kind of thing with all the actresses that I really like in that I feel like they're in more dramas that I don't like than dramas that I do. So maybe that's even, yeah, I don't know. Like Kim Soo-hyun, I feel like I like, like really like and connect with a lot of the shows that she's in. I really enjoy the things that she picks. Whilst with a lot of the other actresses, it's very, very hit and miss for me. And I do really love these actresses but I might not love the shows that they're in particularly. Um, so Susie is kind of one of those actresses for me. She was a very early, oh, I guess, love for me. Like she was my favorite actress for ages. I just loved her. And this is, of course, because my very first ever K-drama was Dream High. So Dream High is a youth music, you know, romance, I guess, coming of age story. Uh, it came out in 2010 and starred Susie as, you know, her first role ever was a starring role in this drama. Um, and I remember there was a lot of flack about her acting, but they kind of make a joke about it in the drama that she's like a robot and it's all very funny. I didn't really know about any of that kind of stuff. And I know what I like and I just, I liked her. I feel like she, she might've been rough and raw. Uh, she was She's just got some charm about her, Susie does, and I still think that now. Um, so I adored her in Dream High. I thought she was just beautiful and very funny and so charming and likable. So I just really, really, really loved her in it. Um, and of course, she stars in that with both Taekyeon, who is not an actor that's on my favorite list, but for some reason does pick dramas that I like all the time. I'm always watching shows with him in it. And I, I am quite fond of him because of that, I think. Um, so he was in the very first drama I ever watched 10 years ago, Dream High. Um, and also Kim Soo Hyun was as well. Um, not Kim Soo Hyun, the actress I like, but the actor Kim Soo Hyun, who I feel, um, you know, he's not in a load of dramas, but pretty much all the dramas, except for like one I can think of, um, of his are just mad massive hits of course he was in the 2020 drama it's okay to not be okay which would be i would say one of the absolute biggest hits from this year 
Um, and Kim Soo Hyun, oh my gosh, I loved him when I first started watching dramas. He was my first K-drama crush, I'm going to say. <laughs> so that was even before I'd ever heard of Lee Min Ho. Um, so anyway, I was talking about Susie. So Susie was in Dream High. I loved her, just loved her. And then she wasn't really, I guess she was in something again quite a few years later when she starred in the fantasy romance saguk called Goo Family Book from 2013. I was I had such high anticipations for that drama. I was so excited. I watched it while it was airing and I didn't love it. <laughs> I don't think it's the best drama, to be honest. Um, there were elements of it that I was really interested in and I feel like I got a lot out of the experience of watching it. Like it, it introduced me to a lot of different actors that are now absolute top favorites for me and different elements of the story really. And I've talked about this in the past on the podcast, really, really inspired me to write books and be more interested in Joseon history and everything. So it was like, I guess you could say it was a massively influential drama for me, but I didn't particularly love it if that makes sense. So that was Goo Family Book. And I thought Susie was good in it, um, but I just didn't love it, I suppose. And then after that, I just didn't really get into any of her dramas for years and years and years at all. So I kind of forgot about her a little bit. I mean, I never forgot about her. I still really like her, but I always keep an eye out for what she's in and what she's doing. And I definitely tried a few of those dramas, but I just never got really fully hooked. Um, and then of course, now as I record this episode in 2020, she is in the Korean drama Startup as the female lead. And I have to tell you, like, it is so cool watching her as a female lead again, as such a cool heroine. I'm, I'm loving her in Startup and I'm really loving Startup so far with what I've seen as I record this episode. Uh, it's really, really cool. And it's just so refreshing to see Susie again. I think she's so lovely and it really reminds me of those very early, like so early days of watching K-drama, like the first K-drama I ever watched. And what an impact Susie had on me at that time. So the next person on my list is the Korean actor Lee Jun-ki. So Lee Jun-ki is, so now I'm getting into the territory, I guess, with the Korean actors who are in my total top. So I think there's five of them actually who are like my mad favorites and they're sort of all on equal footing and they just rotate around depending on who's in a show at the moment that I'm watching. Um, so Lee Jung-ki, I watched, I guess I first saw him in 2012. I remember he'd been cast in a Korean drama that was upcoming called Arung and the Magistrate. I was really excited about it because it's like, you know, it just sounded really cool. Uh, it's like a fantasy Joseon um, romance saguk. I've actually got an episode on it if you want to check that out. Um, and it stars the actress Shin Mina, who I really, really liked because I'd seen some of her early dramas. So I knew she was in it. I didn't know who he was, but he was quite famous already at that time. But he had been away in ARMY for the last few years, and I'd only just come to drama land in the last few years. So I really hadn't you know, come across him before or heard anything about him. So I started watching Arung in the Magistrate. And at first I was like, who 
is this mad dude? Like, I, he did not appeal to me at all. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I do not like this guy. Why is he the lead actor? He's awful, blah, 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 blah. And then it was like, there was this point in that show where, so at the start, Ijunki's character is this guy called Uno. He's like, um, you know, he's just a party boy from Hanyang and he's going looking for his mom and he's wearing like all these silk floaty blue robes and pink robes. And he's just like, he's a real douche to be honest, of course. <laughs> oh, he's a bit of an arrogant dude. And then there's this point in the drama where he decides to kind of shoulder his responsibilities and take on this role of magistrate in this tiny town. And he goes and gets changed into, you know, the red and black and yellow robes of a country magistrate. So if you've seen any Joseon set dramas, you will recognize like, you know, with the big wide brimmed felt kind of hat thing with the feathers and the big beads hanging off. And he went and put on this outfit and started, you know, shouldering responsibility and being a cool dude and like doing awesome stuff. And I was just like, oh my gosh, swoon, like I am in love with this man. He is the best thing ever. And then on top of that, he falls madly, his character falls madly in love with Arang, who is this like doomed ghost, feisty, awesome character in the drama. And Lee Jun-ki as this character, you know, dressed in his like super handsome magistrate robes. <laughs> he's just like staring at a rung and she's kind of like trying to rebuff him because she's got a time limit on her life. She knows that there's no hope. She's going to die. And she doesn't want him to fall in love with her when she knows they have no future, but he is in way too deep already. And he is just standing there in this like amazing handsome outfit, looking like the most handsome man in the world, staring at her with like all this mad love in his eyes. And it is just the swooniest, most romantic shit that I had ever seen. And Lee Junki's eyes are just like swoony as fuck when he's looking at a woman, like he loves them. And I was like, oh my gosh. So that was the turning point for me. And since that moment, I have just like <laughs> fucking adored Lee Junki. So you can tell we're up to the fangirling part of this episode now, right? <laughs> he is one of my five favorites. Um, I was just floored. I loved him. I loved him so much that I went back in time and started watching some of his old shows. So um, the one problem I'm going to tell you with Lee Junki is that if you Google pictures of him, he has been around in drama land since the early 2000s. And most of us who remember that time um, are aware that it is the worst time in the world for fashion <laughs> and hairstyles, the fucking worst that ever existed. Um, so if you do Google Lee Junki, you will get all these like unbelievably handsome photos of him now looking like really fucking handsome. And then you will also get photos of him from like nearly 20 fucking years ago when he had like fucking feathery mullet things on his head and his hair's just oh my gosh it's so feathery it's mullety and feathery and he'll have like dangling earrings and he will have clothes that are from the early 2000s and it is it is no good it is not his fault at all but it is no good. So I did try and go back and watch one of his super early dramas which was from I think 2005 it's called My Girl. And back when I first started watching dramas, everyone was still kind of talking about it, like this amazing drama. And Lee Jun-ki played the second male lead in that drama. And everyone had their heart broken because he was so swoony. I started watching it and he just has like 
mad feathered hair and like a dangly thing from his ear and I just couldn't deal with it and I was like no nah, I'm out this is like it's too far back so that's where I draw the line with going back and watching dramas from the 2000s but I did watch Lee Jun Ki in his 2007 drama called Time Between Dog and Wolf um it's fucking amazing. It's so good. And he's amazing in it. His hair is still pretty shit, but he's so good that he transcends his shit hair. So Lee Jung-ki in that drama, it's like, oh, it's so good. It's a thriller. Um, it's like hidden identities and gangs and he has to go undercover like um you know for the government in this mad gang and try and solve like all these um you know I think they're drug runners or gun runners or something and it is such a good twisty exciting thriller drama so that drama is called Time Between Dog and Wolf and then I watched his 2008 drama called Iljame. Um, apparently it's called The Phantom Thief, but I freaking didn't know that at the time. So Iljame is like, there's two different dramas um, about Iljame and they came out sort of around the same time. So Lee Jung Ki's Iljame is, I don't think I'd suggest it to you. <laughs> I don't think it's very good. <laughs> um, he's good in it, though, even though he plays like the goofiest idiotic goon for half the drama. Like he just plays this whiny teenager. Um, but I, I was really in love. So I just was like, I can I can deal with this. And I grit my teeth and I got through the start of it. And then, you know, he gets swoony and heroic towards the end. So it was all OK, sort of. Um, but I also so after Arung and the Magistrate, in 2013, Ijunki was in Two Weeks, which is a action thriller drama, which I adored. I have a massive long review on my website about Two Weeks because I loved it so much. So I go into detail about it there. Um, he was also in Gunman in Joseon, or as I know it, Joseon Gunman, which came out in 2014, which is one of my favorite dramas ever. And he's just fucking gold in that drama. It's so, it's so amazing. It's basically a retelling of The Count of Monte Cristo as a story. You know, he's a young man from a noble family who gets completely fucked over and he has, you know, people think he's dead. And then like a few years later, he turns back up pretending to be someone else with a lot of money and a lot of influence. And he's come to like fuck everyone up. But of course, you know, he's got his ex-girlfriend who, is pretty sure it's her ex-boyfriend, but also like is very confused because he keeps telling her that he is not, um, but he is. It's a great drama. So Gunman and Joseon or Joseon Gunman. Um, then Lee Ki was in some stuff, I guess. Oh, well, he was in a drama called Scholar Who Walks the Night about vampires and Joseon didn't love it which was really sad because I was looking forward to it so much. Of course, he was in Moon Lovers, Scarlet Heart Row um, from 2016. Um, he plays one of the princes who's the lead character. He's very tortured and scarred and handsome, dare I say it. <laughs> I really liked that drama. Um, I wouldn't say Moon Lovers, Scarlet Heart Row was one of my absolute top favorite dramas, um, but I mean, I watched the whole thing really easily and it's all very tragic and I just... I swooned a little bit. I really like Lee Jung-ki. <laughs> then he was in Criminal Minds, which was, in my opinion, just unwatchable. <laughs> it was completely unwatchable. He was in Lawless Lawyer with Soya G, and I watched that because I loved him and loved her, but also I feel like the romance in Lawless Lawyer, for me personally, moved a little bit too fast, so I wasn't able to connect with it in quite the way that I wanted, and I found some of the lawyering stuff slightly boring for me after a while, just because I didn't have that romance to kind of engage me. 
Um, and then, of course, in 2020, and I haven't seen it yet, he stars in the, I think, melodrama Flower of Evil, which has been getting mad good reviews, and I'm very excited to watch it. So that was a huge waffle on the actor Lee Jun-ki, who is one of my top five favorite actors. So the next actress on my list is Park Shin-hye. Uh, this is an interesting one for me because she was like an early love for me when I entered K-drama land. But if I'm realistic, for many years, she has not really been in anything that I have practically even watched. Um, so for me, when it comes to Park Shin-hye, she played one character in one drama, realistically. That is one of my top dramas of all time. And because of that, I have so many warm, fuzzy feelings towards her and love her so much. But when I actually like look at the list of things that she's in or things that I like that she's in, I'm like, oh, it's, it's just actually that one drama. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it's like I just love that character or if I really love Park Shin-hye, but particularly, I guess, when I first started watching dramas, um, she was someone I thought about a lot more than maybe I do now. But that's just a personal thing in terms of the dramas that she's been in more recently. So for me, I first saw Park Shin-hye in her 2009 drama called You're Beautiful. This is like a youth it's a bonkers, <laughs> bonkers youth romance drama with an actor called, I think his name, Jung Eun-sok, uh, who was an actor that I also really, really liked back then a lot. And again, haven't really seen him in much lately. Um, so You're Beautiful basically stars Park Shin-hae as <laughs> she's a nun. So she's a nun who lives in this convent. She's like a little innocent, naive sweetheart, basically. But she has a identical twin brother who looks like her, but has muscly arms. <laughs> and um, he's a pop star. And I think he's getting his nose done or something. He's getting some plastic surgery to his face. But it's gone bad, but he might get kicked out of the pop star band that he's in, but his manager doesn't want that to happen and needs Park Shin-hae to pretend to be her twin brother and basically pretend to be a boy and go and infiltrate this pop band of three boys, you know, the main boy being this surly, grumpy Jungen sock, and I'm pretty sure she vomits into his mouth at one point, just, just putting that out there, that's a thing that happens in that drama. <laughs> And so this girl nun pretends to be a boy pop star, joins the group. I can't remember if they all find out that she's actually a woman straight away or not, but I'm pretty sure that Jungun Sok like touches her bum or something and then maybe he figures it out. I can't remember. <laughs> it's crazy. It's one of those like, I don't know, like when I first got to K-Drama Land, it was kind of like a rite of passage for sure to watch Boys Over Flowers. Like that was the classic drama that you kind of had to do. But I think You're Beautiful was kind of also in that ballpark. It was one of those, you know, it was a smash hit when it came out. Um, and I really enjoyed it, but I wasn't like completely obsessed, but I did really, really like it. Actually. I think it's like one of those cute, silly comedies. That's quite addictive. And like every single, you know, dude in the whole drama falls in love with her and is like all squabbling over her and stuff, which I don't know as a modern woman, I shouldn't like that shit, but I totally do. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Um, 
So I didn't really watch her in her next big drama, which was called Heartstrings. I never watched that. Um, but I watched Flower Boy Next Door, which came out in 2013. And Flower Boy Next Door remains one of my absolute top favorite dramas of all time. I go back and rewatch it like, I don't know, once every year or so, <laughs> or at least rewatch the first half. I fucking adore that show. It is a, it is a romantic comedy, but it has, it's deeper than that. Like it's really moving and charming and it has a lot to say about people and relationships and isolation and relating with the world around you. I really, really love it. It's so beautiful. And it's basically about Park Shin-hye's character, um, Godok Mi, shuts herself away from the world and isolates herself because of a traumatic thing that's happened in her past. And very slowly through the act of this kind of found family, like these bunch of ridiculous boys who all live in her apartment, and then also the apartment owner and this other woman and the security guard and it just sort of draws her out of her shell and she begins to live again. And of course, um, Yoon Shi Yoon is in it as the main male lead and he's just handsome as fuck and really in love with her and it's fantastic. It's a really, really good drama. Um, so that's one of my favorites. And I think I think seeing her in Flower Boy Next Door and the fact that I just consistently go back and rewatch that show has sort of just cemented Park Shin Hye as a favorite for me, even though realistically, when I think about it, I haven't seen her in anything else since 2009. <laughs> So anyway, I love that show. Um, since then, no, that's actually not true. What I just said, I have seen her in a lot of things since then, but and I don't mind her ever. But I've never particularly like gone crazy over any of the shows. I do really like her though, I guess. Um, just not so much again connecting with the shows that she's in. So hopefully she'll be in something again soon that I will love. Um, but she was in The Heirs, that drama with Lee Min Ho from 2013. Um, I really liked her in it, but again, it just wasn't particularly a drama that blew me away. She was also in Pinocchio, um, which I know is a huge favorite for a lot of people. Um, she started that with, I think, Lee Jong-suk, is that his name? But Lee Jong-suk for me personally is not... I just never quite connect with him. I don't know why. So I have a lot of problem watching his dramas, which kind of sucks because they're super famous and everyone says they're amazing. And I keep trying. I really do. And I'm just like, why? I don't know why. It's just not working for me. So I did try Pinocchio and I didn't, I just kind of didn't sink into it. And I think it's just such a personal thing. I don't know what was going on, but there was a disconnect for me there. Um, and then, of course, she was in the 2016 drama Doctors, which... Frankly, I did try to watch um, with Kim Rae-won, I think that's his name, who was like a mad big star back in the day and is still, I, I really like him. I think he's really good. Um, but Doctors is not really good. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Uh, so I tried watching it, but I was like, meh, and then kind of stopped. Um, and then she was in a drama called Memories of the Ala. Alhambra in 2018. And I did not watch that drama because... I have a weird thing about drama or just stories in general about people who go inside video games or have just virtual reality at all. Like why? I don't know why. I really don't know why. Um, Ever since I was young, I've just never been into, I feel like gaming ever. I don't know why. And so therefore I've never once enjoyed a story, particularly that has like that kind of virtual reality angle. So 
I just haven't watched it. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will tell me I'm very wrong and I should watch it. Um, there's just, I think it's just not a concept that I'm particularly, you know, for me with personal taste, it's not for me. Um, but Park Shin Hye in Flower Boy Next Door, fucking gold. Uh, it's such a good show and she is great in it and I love it. It's so good. <laughs> The next actor on my list is Choi Jin Hyuk, uh, Jin Hyuk uh, which I think is more pronounced Choi Jin Hyuk, but I don't really know for sure. <laughs> um, so Choi Jin Hyuk is definitely one of my top five favorite actors. I love him so much. I just, you know, I'm not going to lie. The man is super, super fucking handsome. <laughs> He's also a really great actor. I just really like him a lot. I've watched a lot of sh- slightly shit shows because he's in them I admit this um but he also works unbelievably hard like he has so many dramas like it's unbelievable to me how many dramas this man has um so I first came across uh Ted Hock as the kind of he was sort of the second male lead but he played like the main character's dad in Goo Family Book so he played basically an evil gumiho who was totally evil but at the start of the drama was like a total sweetheart who's like in love with this woman and then they get married and it's just so nice and then she's fucking awful and fucks him over and he goes crazy and tries to kill everybody um but also he looks pretty hot while he's being crazy trying to kill everybody (laughs) i admit this I admit it. I'm only slightly ashamed. Um, so that was really the first time I saw um, Ted Jin Hock in Goo Family Book. And I feel like it was absolutely his breakout role. He was in a lot of stuff before that is what I've heard. Um, and I can, you know, see that looking at his list of dramas that he was in. But I feel like it's just, you know, you watch those dramas and there's a side character or a second male lead or even just a cameo or whatever. And whoever that person is kind of outshines a lot of other people in the whole drama, even though their role is a lot smaller and a side role. And everyone is talking about it like online. And I feel like that's really what happened with Goo Family Book and Tejin Hock's performance in it. It was just suddenly he was big and everyone was wondering what he was going to do next. So I loved him in it. So I kind of delved into his backlist a little bit. Um, he'd been in quite a few dramas and it had some very big, big roles in the past. Um, so I watched him in a drama called It's Okay, Daddy's Girl, which is from 2010. I have, again, a really weirdly long review on my blog about It's Okay, Daddy's Girl, which also starred uh, Moon Won and is a kind of... It's a melodrama, like a family melodrama. It's very emotional and weirdly, I fucking loved it. Uh, Che Jin Hyuk isn't like, you know, he plays the main male lead, but it's very much more about Moon Tae Won and her family and all this kind of stuff like that. But I don't know if you like melodrama, even though it's old and creaky, um, I really liked it. It's very gentle and slow, but I thought it was nice. So that's called It's Okay, Daddy's Girl. You can read my review if you want to know if, if it'd be for you or not, I guess. Um... So next up, he had a side role in The Airs. Everyone's in The Airs. It was packed full, uh, packed full with people. <laughs> it was that drama. <laughs> um, and then Tezun Hok was in Emergency Couple as a lead role um, from 2014. I watched the whole thing because I loved him, but mm, don't know if it was great. It wasn't great, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> 
it's about like um, a married couple who just end up hating each other and they get divorced and then they both go back to uni or something and they end up as like, I think, um, you know, intern doctor people at a hospital, but they're both, you know, trying to one over each other while falling back in love. And I just didn't like the construct of, I think, the pettiness and I felt very unhappy by... I think some of the like the past relationship stuff, they just that was so mean. I, just, I didn't love it. Um, so yeah, I didn't love that one. Um, so he also was in a drama that I really enjoyed from 2014 called Pride and Prejudice, which is not, in fact, as I originally thought, I was very disappointed to find out that it was not a remake of the Jane Austen novel Pride and Prejudice, but in fact, a, a wholly unrelated in every sense of the word um, prosecutor procedural drama about not Pride and Prejudice or Romance. Um, but if you're in the mood for like a serious kind of procedural, um, twisty plot thriller, Pride and Prejudice is actually really good. I really liked it. Um, in 2017, he was in the OCN time slip serial killer thriller murderer, murdery, murdery drama called Tunnel. Tunnel is I loved it. I really, really liked Tunnel. Um, and I love Che Jin Hyuk in Tunnel. It's great. He was also in um, a drama from 2018 called Devilish Charm, which I watched the first half and actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's insane. It's a, it's a really light, fluffy rom-com and it makes absolutely no sense like it's about this dude Che Jin Hyuk who like falls in love with this woman that's very charming like the whole romance between them is like it's beautiful it's so nice it's so romantic um very fluffy and lovely and then he gets hit by a car and he loses his memory but at the end of every day he loses his memory but then he has to write notes for himself so that he'll know what to do and say the next day but then some days he lost his memory and then other days he didn't. And I feel like there was no consistency in that plot line whatsoever. It was a bonkers drama, but kind of highly enjoyable. That was devilish charm. Uh, that same year, Tae Jun Hyuk was in the completely insane Mak Jung drama called The Last Empress, which starred Jung Nara. So I'm pretty sure... Um, Che Jin Hyuk was meant to be like a male lead and then he just sort of got shafted and had like the smallest little weird side role and that drama is insane. <laughs> Has anyone watched The Last Empress? Like it is fucking insane. Um, I enjoyed it just because the whole time I watched it, I basically had my mouth gaping open at the insaneness of the plot. It was fucking crazy. I kind of enjoyed that, um, but I also read a spoiler for the ending and then didn't want to watch it anymore, so I gave it up. <laughs> uh, so in 2019, Tizin Hawk was in Justice, which is another, I don't know, twisty thriller mystery, lots of people dying kind of show, very serious. Really, really like Justice. I've got an episode on that one. I think it's really good. I think I've got an episode on Tunnel or like half an episode on Tunnel as well. Um, and then... Really recently, this year, he's been in both Rugal and Zombie Detective, neither of which I have actually watched because I'm not sure. I think I've really wanted to try Zombie Detective in particular, but for some reason, I think I'm really worried they'll both be really bad. <laughs> they just look kind of like crazy concepts, right? Really crazy. Anyway, that was a lot of waffle about Che Jin Hyuk, who I really, really love.
So next up on my list, I have the Korean actress So Ye-ji. Uh, so Ye-ji is a big favorite for me. I really, really like her. I feel like she's probably one of the actresses, like other than Kim So-hyun, who I adore so much, um, that I really, really, really love, like maybe a little bit above some of the others. Um, so my first time seeing So Ye-ji was in the 2017 Korean drama called Save Me. Um, so that drama is like, I think it's OCN. Yeah, it is OCN. So it's I've got a whole episode on it. <laughs> I guess I won't waffle on about it again. I feel like I've done that a lot. Um, it's an incredible drama. And I think it really, really shows off her acting chops. Like she is just incredible in it, I think. Like she really carries the whole show on her shoulders. Like it's very much centered around her and her experience. But so much of the show is her in these really awful, terrifying experiences like situations that she has no control over and you know I guess in a way for a lot of the show I mean realistically she's a victim of these terrible circumstances and yet Soya G has this incredible kind of ability in that show to never just seem like a heroine in distress or someone small she has so much strength about her in that show and so much weight to her performance um she really blew me away like I loved her in that drama she really really made me sit up and take notice um she's also unbelievably beautiful woman like she is just stunning like seeing her on my screen like it's she just looks incredible and maybe I shouldn't care about those things, but clearly I do. <laughs> so I really enjoy just fucking staring at her face as well as I think she's a great actress. Um, so I really, really loved her and Save Me. So I started kind of, um, kind of, I guess, looking back at some of her other stuff. So she's actually been in a lot of dramas. Um, some of them I'd seen and she played side roles that I didn't kind of really notice her in at the time. Like she was in Huarang, um, which is from 2016. And is that mad flower boy Goyo set drama with Park So Joon, who I don't think I have time to talk about today, but I fucking love Park So Joon, just so you know. Um, he's really great. <laughs> Um, so she was in Huarang, I think, as like a second female lead, a princess. Um, I didn't particularly notice her in it. I went back and tried to watch her in Murim School, which was from 2016. I really like her in it. She's kind of cute and weird and goofy and maybe slightly idiotic. I don't know. Um, and I have kind of gone back to Murum a few times, but I never seem to sort of push through and finish it. Um, I'm not really sure why, because I love youth kind of shows. I love shows about young people getting into weird scrapes. So, but yeah, it just doesn't quite get me. I don't know why. And I went back and tried to watch a drama called Last, which is like a revenge drama, a very serious adult one um, in which she is in that. But And I was really just watching it for her. And then in the end, she was barely in it and I kind of stopped watching. Um, so more recently, she was in Lawless Lawyer, which I've already talked about with Lee Jung Ki. And then, of course, in 2020, the massive hit It's OK to Not Be OK uh, with Kim Soo Hyun, who is also completely fantastic. Um, I was so excited this year to see her in It's Okay to Not Be Okay, which I have a whole episode on um, from the past. I think just because I loved her so much in Save Me and she just blew me away so much and it's just been kind of really exciting to see her reach this like mega stardom level, I think, um, with It's Okay to Not Be Okay and now she seems to be everywhere on the internet and I'm 
really excited to see what drama she ends up being in next. Um, she's kind of interesting because I guess she doesn't necessarily, I mean, I guess that's one drama a year, but I don't feel like she's just churning them out doing like zillions. So I figure, I guess she's like carefully picking roles and I hope, um, you know, that the next one is really brilliant because I can't wait to see it. I really love her. I think Soya Ji is just, just really, really charming and lovely. So the next actor on my list is Yoon Shi-yoon, who I fucking adore. He's one of my top five actors again. Um, I really, really love him. He's one of these actors who is in so many dramas. Like, I feel like he really churns them out. He's in a lot. Um, and I don't always totally go bonkers over every drama, every drama that he's in, but I do really try to give them all a go at least. Um, so the first time I ever saw Yoon Shi Yoon was in Flower Boy Next Door with Park Shin He in 2013. So he just made a massive, massive impression on me in that drama. I loved him so much. So I actually went into his backlist and watched some mad old dramas because of him. So I watched a really crazy drama called Bread, Love and Dreams, which is also known as Baker King Kim Tak-gu from 2010. It is like a sprawling Mak Jung epic of like, just filled with mad birth secrets and like affairs and just like, it's fucking hilarious. Hilarious. Weirdly enough, I was so addicted to this drama in which Yoon Chi Yoon has to like become a chaebol again by, I don't know, baking fucking happy bread or something. I didn't fucking know what the fuck that drama was about. I loved it so much that every day, that, that point I was working in this office, um, I would stop at the bakery on the way home and buy just plain bread and like smell it and eat it. I was so weirdly obsessed. And I started like making all these plans to cook bread um, at home and like, I'm not a cook. I'm a bad cook. I don't really like cooking. I love eating, but I do not like cooking. Um, I love people to cook for me. That's the best. Um, and I started like really making plans to bake bread, but the drama ended up finishing before I actually got around to it. And then, you know, I forgot about it afterwards because <laughs> I moved on to a different drama. So Baker King, Kim Tak-gu, I have a madly long, ridiculous review on that on my um, blog as well. If you are randomly interested in that insane Mac Jung drama from 2010, Yoon Ji-yoon is brilliant in it as Personally, I just think he's brilliant in everything. Like, he's also got, like, such a little baby face and he never seems to get any older, except I think this year in his drama from this year, Train, um, I think finally he's, like, not looking old by any means, but, like, he just looks like he's, he looks slightly more mature. Like, he looks less like a little baby face. Um, and I think, personally, he looks even more handsome now, I think. <laughs> I really love him. He's really great. Um, so I went back also after watching the crazy Muk Jung and I watched him in this other drama from 2011 called Me Too Flower, which I have a review on that one as well. Yes, I do. So on my blog, um, Me Too Flower, that drama was insane, but he was amazing in it. And I think by the end of the drama, I wanted to punch the drama. I hated it so much, but at the start of it, I like fucking loved it. I was so just like... Oh, I just got pulled into it. I loved it so much. Um, so he's been in a lot of shows since I first saw him in Flower Boy Next Door. Um, so I'm only going to mention a couple that I think are worth talking about. He was in a kind of a fairy tale saguk. Is a fantasy kind of um, Joseon set drama, but very fairy tale feeling, but like not like modern fluffy fairy tales, more like old, dark 
creepy fairy tales. Um, so that one was called Secret Healer, or it's also known as Mirror of the Witch from 2016. It is beautiful to look at like it's so atmospheric it's one of the most I feel like it's one of the most atmospheric and gorgeous dramas ever it's like you know mist in the woods kind of fairy tale stuff um so I really really loved it I loved everything about that drama except the romance never made me swoon and that was the only kind of thing that probably stopped that drama from being a mad favorite for me as I felt the romance really there wasn't really that kind of mad chemistry that I want in a romance. It didn't make my heart beat faster and I couldn't really, really feel that love story. But everything else about that drama, Secret Healer or Mirror of the Witch is fucking great. Um, so he was in some other dramas since then, I think, um, but particularly Hit the Top, which I've got an episode on, which I really, really love. It's like, it's crazy. It's not like super highbrow. It's just a silly rom-com drama, but I really, really like Hit the Top. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, he's also in a drama from 2018 called Grand Prince, which I am going to go. I started watching it many years ago, I guess in not that long ago, two years ago, because it only came out two years ago. <laughs> so I started watching it and I just never got through it. Um, but I feel like I would have a very different experience watching that drama now. So I am going to go back and give that a go very soon. I'm very excited about it, actually. Um, and then he was in some dramas that were mm, like Psychopath Diary. I've got a bit of an episode. I watched half of that and also a kind of weird drama called Your Honor that I didn't love. He really churns out the dramas. Also, Nocdu Flower, which is a very serious kind of drama set at the very end of the Joseon dynasty. It's actually an amazing drama. Um, I never finished it. It kind of kills me I didn't. I really wish I did. Uh, and then in 2020, he was in the Korean drama Train, which is an OCN thriller, kind of a parallel world serial killer show, which weirdly enough, has become one of my favorite shows of 2020. I fucking loved it. I loved it so much. It's so dark and creepy, so creepy, and yet kind of got beautiful elements as well. And the romance, I really loved it. And I loved him in it. I loved his performance in it. I felt like, like I said before, like I feel like he looks a little bit more mature in it, but also felt like the whole performance just had this gravity and weight. I'm very used to Yoon Shiyun playing very kind of like fun, fizzy, light, cute kind of characters. Like for some reason, I'm kind of used to that. I don't know why. I mean, in Nocty Flower, he ran, went around with a gun and like murdered a whole bunch of people. So <laughs> I, I guess I've still kind of got this um, image of Yoon Shiyun like from Flower Boy Next Door. But realistically, he's played a lot of very different types of roles. Um, but for me, his role in Train just... I loved it and I loved him in it. And if you like, you know, if you like those kind of crime mystery shows, like atmospheric, creepy, haunting kind of OCN thriller things, Train is such a good show. It's also only like 12 episodes or something. I think oh, so good. I loved it. Um, So that's probably all I'll say on Yoon Chi Yoon. I just, he's, he's so cool. I love him. <laughs> Next on my list is the actress Lee Sung Kyung. Lee uh, Sung Kyung, if I look at the actual Hangul, Lee Sung Kyung. Yeah, hmm, there you go. Sorry, I was looking at the Hangul instead of the English. Oh, I just don't understand why in English it just looks, if you pronounce it in, her name in English, it sounds clearly nothing like what it's actually meant to sound. I'm sure I've, it still probably sounds nothing like it's meant to sound. So anyway, 
That was a long intro. <laughs> uh, Lee Song Kyung is the lead actress from weightlifting fairy Kim Bok Joo. So she is... I, the first time I ever saw her was in Cheese in the Trap. She played the second female lead and I did not like her in that drama because her character is a screechy, awful witch woman who makes no sense and does nothing except whine and screech and is very, very, very screechy. So she didn't particularly appeal to me in Cheese in the Trap other than the fact that she is unbelievably beautiful. Like she's literally, she just looks like the most unbelievably beautiful model lady ever in the whole world. Like she must be one of the most beautiful people ever, I think. Um, so obviously I liked her because she was pretty, but I didn't really love her being a screechy witch lady. But obviously that just means she's a very good actress. So she was in Doctors, which I tried to watch um, with Park Jin Hair, but didn't really kind of get through, didn't really love that show. She played the second female lead and I was like, eh, whatever. And then I watched weightlifting fairy Kim Bok Joo. I remember when Lee Song-kyung was cast for that show um, and there was a lot of kind of, I just, you know, in the casting news and reading online, a lot of comments and people were like, what? Like, you know, that screeching lady from Cheese in the Trap, can she really play, you know, a weightlifter and a serious role? I loved her in Weightlifting Fairy Kim Bok Joo and I love that drama. I love the romance, like the friendship to lovers. I loved the coming of age stuff in that drama and everything around her sense of confidence and self-worth and following your dreams. It is, for me, it's such a perfect, you know, rom-com romance. It's so beautiful and I loved it so much. And she is incredible in it, like really, really good. So I was really, really excited about um, Lee Song Kyung after watching that drama and kind of waiting to see what she would do next. But unfortunately, I haven't particularly kind of connected with any of her other roles since then. She was in a drama called About Time, which I, you know, I watched like one episode and was like, eh, maybe not for me. She was in Dr. Romantic 2, which I kind of keep thinking I might go back and try again after enjoying Dr. Romantic 1 so much that I feel like I've changed my whole tune about doctor shows these days and maybe I like them again um but that's really you know that's really all she's been in so I'm kind of waiting to see what she does next I think and I have so much love left over for her from weightlifting fairy that I feel I feel like I want to see her in more stuff so I'll definitely be um checking out whatever she does next So now we're up to a bit more fangirling because I'm going to talk about Udo Hwan, who is absolutely one of my favorite actors ever. Um, so he would be in my top five again. I just love him. He's so good. <laughs> He's really great. Um, so anyway, I'll try and be coherent here. <laughs> Uh, I think anyone who's been listening to this podcast for more than two minutes has heard me waffle on about Udo Hwan at like extreme lengths, so I'll try and keep this a little bit short. So obviously, my first time seeing Udo Hwan was in the Korean drama Save Me, the OCN cult thriller drama from 2017, on which, like I said, I have um, a, a whole episode, but also I feel like I've talked about it in so many other episodes randomly as well, just because I liked it so much. Um he played the second male lead in that drama, and that's one of those instances that I was talking about earlier um, with how I discovered Che Jin Hyuk in Goo Family Book with, you know, you have this kind of side character who just like basically outacts everybody else in the whole drama and is completely electric and just so noticeable that everyone who watches the drama, you can kind of tell by the comments, is like, what? Who is this person? So Udo Hwan definitely in Save Me was along those lines, like just... 
he was such a standout in that role. He was so fantastic. And I, it just, his whole thing in that drama broke my heart. Like I was obsessed and I was also kind of dying. So straight away after that, he was in a drama called Mad Dog. Mad Dog is like a, I want to say like a, a heist caper with a bit of seriousness. And it's not necessarily like kind of like, you know, uh, lots of people in it. What am I trying to say? <laughs> It's not necessarily the kind of drama that I probably would have been drawn to or watched the whole thing, but because bloody Widow Juan was in it, I was like, yep, I'm watching this show right to the end, and I did. Um, so I enjoyed Mad Dog quite a lot, but I also have this slight inkling that perhaps maybe I enjoyed it a lot because Widow Juan was in it more so than anything else. Like, I really can't remember anything about the actual plot. So, yeah, I'm not really sure. So I went back at that point because I was obsessed and he wasn't in anything else. So I went back and had a look at a drama called Sweet Stranger and Me from 2016, which is a rom-com, um, because I knew that Udo Juan had like a side role in it. And the side role that he has in that drama is so minuscule that you just can't watch that drama for him because he's barely in it. But what that did, like that weird little side quest journey did for me, watching Sweet Stranger and Me introduced me well, reintroduce me, I guess, to the actor Kim Young Kwong. Kim Young Kwong. <laughs> Ooh, his name's hard to say for me. Who was in um, The Secret Life of My Secretary and a whole bunch of other shows. So it kind of reminded me how great he was. So I guess it wasn't a side quest that was, you know, a complete failure. Anyway, uh, I also watched the drama Tempted for Udo Hwan, which came out in 2018. I don't really think Tempted is a good drama, you guys. I've got a whole episode on that, and I, I feel like I rant and rave quite a bit. Um, it's really not that great, and he is really... I don't want to say he's embarrassing in it, but like I feel like everyone's directions in that drama was like, be as sexy as you can. And I think when people are trying to be sexy, it can come across like a little bit awkward. Um, but I did watch the whole fucking drama for him. So this is kind of proving to you guys how much I love him. <laughs> All this shit I've been doing, it's crazy. Um, and then in 2019, uh, Udo Juan played the second, I guess sort of the second male lead, but realistically um, in my country, the new age, that was a drama that really had two male leads kind of really. And the female lead was sort of third billing, um, if I'm honest. Um, and I was really, really excited by My Country, The New Age. It has become one of my favorite dramas of all time. It is about the fall of the Goyo dynasty and the birth of the Joseon dynasty. It is so good. It is filled with like mad action. It's so epic. It's so heartbreaking and emotional and beautiful and just a fucking great show. Um, and I was really glad because, you know, I'd loved Udo Juan and Save Me and I'd watched a whole bunch of other shows for him that you know weren't that great and it was so great to see him in something so epic and so good and it's also great for me because my country has become one of my favorite shows of all time now which is really cool um and then this year in 2020 um Udo Juan had sort of sort of a side role in The King Eternal Monarch and again you know it was bonkers, but also he was one of the, the best parts about that show for me. So he's in ARMY as I record this, and I won't be seeing him in anything for a really long time, which is just fucking depressing, isn't it? So I can't wait till he comes back and does some stuff. And I really hope that when he comes back and does some stuff, it's some really fucking cool stuff. Um, and he picks a cool drama for me to watch his face in, because 
I will. I will watch his face in any rubbish. So <laughs> fingers crossed it's good. <laughs> so that's it for me on um, Udo Hahn, who again is one of my top five um, Korean actors. So next up on my list is the actress Isae Young. Uh, Isae Young, I really, really like her. Um, so the first drama that I ever saw her in was a Korean drama that came out through OCN in 2016 called Vampire Detective. Do you know what it was about? <laughs> it was about a vampire detective. So he was a vampire, but he was also detecting into, I don't know, crimes or some shit. I can't really remember. Um, I really, really liked Vampire Detective and I was fucking desperate for a season two, which clearly never happened. Um, she starred in that one. It was kind of like a main trio, I suppose, who were running around detecting stuff. Um, and the guy who played the vampire was Lee June, who is an actor that I haven't really seen in a lot, but I really, really like him. And I really, really liked him in this show. Um, so Issa Young in that drama really stood out to me. She was like this really cool, sassy kind of like, you know, hacker girl. And she had like mad blonde hair and was just cool and sassy and I was desperate for a romance between her and the vampire detective which didn't really pan out for me but um I really really liked that show it was a lot of fun um and I just wish there'd been a second season to explore more about you know her and a romance basically <laughs> but it was a really cool show it was a lot of fun um, so I really took note of her after that and hit the top um a rom-com that I have mentioned before because Yoon Shi Yoon stars in it. So that's from 2017. Um, so yeah, I guess like I saw she was in that and then I love Yoon Shi Yoon. So obviously I watched it, obviously. <laughs> and I really, really love her in that drama. Like, I think it's so cool. She's just like so madly likable in that show and such a good rom-com female lead, I think. And since then I've seen her in The Crowned Clown uh, with Yo Jin Gu. So that was from 2019. I have an episode on the crown clown i'm not obsessed with that drama to be honest and i wasn't really obsessed with her in it i don't feel like that is her fault um i feel like she wasn't given a lot to do except be elegant and beautiful and untouchable and for me i'm not that interested in I don't know. I would have liked a bit of grit. I would have liked a little bit more to be going on with her, I suppose. Um, but there were elements of that show that I really loved and I really liked her in it. I just think she should have had more cool stuff to do, I guess. So I haven't watched her in her 2019 drama, which is called Dr. John, because I just was not very interested in the setup. Um, and then in 2020, she was in a drama called Memorist, which I definitely do actually want to watch. Um, I'm really keen to try that one out. I think it's, I don't really know. I think it's like a sort of a procedural, like a crime show. But, and I, I was literally about to watch it and I kind of heard through the grapevine that there was no romance in it. And because I am a fickle, fickle human being, I said a human being, but I actually meant being, I guess. Um, wow, this show's getting all over the place, isn't it? Oh, wow, I just had to kind of like pause it then because I, I went off and had a coughing fit. So I'm really glad I, I got my record button in time. Um, so this episode is kind of crazy and potentially I've waffled on a lot. I feel like that's why um, I think I'm getting really tired. I've been talking nonstop for like over an hour. This is, it's going a lot longer than what I expected, but I guess that's my whole style, isn't it? So there's only a few more people for me to get through. Um, 
So <laughs> what I was saying was that I'm a very fickle person. And when I heard there was no romance in Memorist, I actually didn't pick it up and watch it. But it's still on my list to watch, and I still would like to watch that one. And of course, right now, as I record this in 2020, Issa Young is in a drama called Kairos. Kairos? With a K. Uh, and I don't know what that's about, and it looks very interesting. So I am kind of quite interested to try that one out. It looks weird and bonkers, but I really like her, so I think I will check it out. So next up on my list to fangirl over is the actor Yu Yon Sok. And anyone who's listened to this podcast for more than two seconds has heard me mention his name like a million times before. <laughs> so Yu Yon Sok is kind of interesting for me um, because I feel like he was actually one of those early actors that I got really obsessed with when I first was introduced to K-Drama Land. And then just kind of like it kind of waned off because he wasn't in stuff so much, I suppose. And then um, recently, whew, resurgence to the max, like crazy obsession. Uh, just what, this year? Is that it? Wow. Yeah, 2020 Yu Yon Sok resurgence for me. And he jumped into my top list um, and he wasn't really there before. So yeah, crazy. So the very first drama that I saw that had Yu Yon Sok in it was Goo Family Book. See? You see how many people this drama has introduced me to? It's crazy. Also, it's just not a very good drama. <laughs> I'm still glad I watched it, though. <laughs> so he plays... Uh, the brother of the second female lead in Goo Family Book. So basically, he's sort of a nobody in it, and I didn't really pay much attention to him except really, really hate a few of the things that he does in the drama. Um, and so I didn't particularly care about him or like him after watching that show in 2013. But then in 2013 as well, Reply 1994 came out, which is part of, obviously, the Reply series. Um, and he plays the character Tilbong, who is the second male lead. I guess that's sort of a spoiler, but he's definitely, like, he's clearly billed as the second male lead in 1994. Um, and I fell in love. Like, he is just... Tilbong is the sweetest, nicest, kindest, loveliest, most handsomest man ever in the whole world and he also plays a lot of baseball but I'm not particularly into that so whatever um Chilbong like literally broke my heart into tiny pieces and it took me a very very long time to recover and I loved Yu Yon Sok like I was crazy obsessed like I remember like some of the boys from that 1994 drama did some sort of like holiday variety show and I was like online reading the recaps and staring at photos of his face, like in reality. And like, I am like really, really strict about that kind of blur between celebrities in real life and celebrities as characters in dramas that I love. Like I have this mad bonkers fear that an actor or actress that I really adore will turn out to be a total asshole in real life. Like it's this weird fear that I have. And therefore I steer clear of celebrity news, celebrity gossip and like scandals and stuff. I just don't want to know. I can't watch like variety shows and stuff like that because I have such an ingrained fear that someone I love will be such an asshole that I will not be able to love them anymore. 
So the fact that I was looking up recaps of him in a variety show and trying to figure out what kind of person he was can kind of show you <laughs> the levels of obsession that I had back then in 2013 for Yu Yeon-suk. Um, but then, of course, in 2015, so I waited until 2015 and his drama came out that he was starring in and it was warm and cozy. And it was fucking stupid and I fucking hated it. And he was such a dickhead in it. Not him, his character. Uh, this guy called Beck Gunwu was the character. I fucking hated him. And so, like, I just, like, felt all my Yuan Sok love just, like, slowly leaking away and it disappeared. And then many years passed and I didn't watch him in anything else. You know, like, what, five years? And I just totally forgot that he even existed. And then in 2020, uh, as people who've been listening to this show this year know, I picked up Mr. Sunshine, the 2018 fucking epic kind of historical drama set during occupation era uh Korea and his character Gu Dong-mei in that he's become one of my favorite characters of all time I think that drama is probably one of my favorite dramas of all time and also he did the same thing to me that he did as Chilbong which is like tear out my heart and like rip it into tiny little shreds and then I don't know stand on it or some shit I don't know <laughs> it's a weird analogy but whatever it killed me, basically. His character killed me. Um, and also, he's just so good in that drama. Like, he's so good um, and so different, I guess. You know, I really, all those years, I had this image of Yu Yeon-sok as Chilbong, like as this little this little sweetheart, this soft, lovely little sweetheart. And I love him for that back then, but I had totally forgotten about it. And then seeing him as Gu Dong-mei and Gu Dong-mei is not a fucking sweetheart, like <laughs> not even a tiny little bit of a sweetheart at all, anywhere near Gu Dong-mei, it's just not who that dude is, he's very, very scary, 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 frightening dude, who also happens to be like, yeah, he's pretty great. <laughs> so obviously after watching Mr. Sunshine and having my heart broken to such an extreme level that I had, I like, I really, I had to watch Yu Yon Sook in other things that he was like, let me just say, I'm trying not to be too spoilery, but like he, that he was healthy and happy and like good. <laughs> so I went on a mad mission and I went back and watched Dr. Romantic, even though I had decided that I didn't like doctor shows. Um, so Dr. Romantic came out in 2016. Um, initially at that time, um, I kind of lost all of my Yuyon Sok love because of that stupid drama, Warm and Cozy. And so when Dr. Romantic came out, I was like, yeah, whatever. And I watched the first episode and I was like, yep, that kiss is fucking awesome. But also I'm not going to watch the rest of the whole show. Um, but this time, because I needed some Yu Yoon Sok kind of fix, but also him like being healthy and happy in a drama, I watched the whole thing, Dr. Romantic, and I fucking loved it. I adored it. So I do have an episode on Dr. Romantic, which I was obsessed with. I loved it so much. And so after that, I was like, well, now I need to watch him in something else. So I went back and watched Warm and Cozy. So I started watching it and it had been so long since I'd started it for the very first time. And I picked it up and I was like, this is great. What was my problem with it? Like, it's totally charming and nice. Like, it's not the best show in the world, but it's just really charming. It's really fun. And then by the time I realized that I was right the first time, Warm and Cozy is the worst show ever. It's so bad. It's terrible. I was already in too deep and I had to go through. So I do have a whole episode where I rant and rave to really extreme extents about Warm and Cozy and how 
basically how fucking dumb it is. <laughs> That's what I think. I thought it was pretty bad. Um, but Yu Yong Sok is, you know, he's super handsome in it, but like also don't watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> and then, of course, in 2020, the drama Hospital Playlist came out. And I loved it. Um, I really, really loved it. So I've got an episode on Hospital Playlist as well. And um, Yu Yeon Sok's character, I loved his character. I loved the love line for his character and can't wait till season two, which I think is coming out at some point. Um, so I've heard and I can't wait to see what Yu Yeon Sok does next. He's also in like literally a million movies, um, which I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of them. So I probably, maybe I will. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so next up on my list is the actress Jin Seon. Uh, so Jin Seon is like a totally recent 2020 addition to my favorites list. And I think it's such a strange thing. Um, I used to severely dislike her for some mad reason that I clearly made up and makes no sense, um, which just goes to show how hypocritical I am. I know I always say things on, on this podcast show that end up to be highly untrue in the end. It's just very strange. I don't know what I'm on about. But um, the point is, I really, really love her. I think Jin Seon is amazing. And I'm so excited to have kind of added a new favorite Korean actress to my list of favorites. I think she's so good. And I just don't know kind of what went wrong with how I felt about her or why I disliked her in the way that I do. I, I totally understand. I clearly have this capacity to make weird snap judgments about maybe actors and actresses based on characters. I've done it so many times in the past. Like, for instance, um, the Korean actor who plays the male lead in uh, The Secret Life of My Secretary, his name is Kim Young Kwang. The first time I saw him was in an older drama, a psychological kind of murder mystery, amazing show called White Christmas. And I do have a review of White Christmas on my blog. Um, I saw him in that drama, White Christmas, and I fucking hated him. Like I was like, who is this man? I want to punch him in the face. I never want to see him again. So, And he plays like a total asshole in that drama. Like it's not Kim Young Kwang's fault. He played an asshole. And I was like, I hate him. <laughs> I was meant to hate him. So I have no disconnect between these things. I avoided Kim Young Kwang for years until I saw him in a drama called, I think, Guardians or I don't know, some like mad dark heist drama thing. And he's fucking amazing in it. He's so good in so many different things. And I love him now. So it just goes to show how hypocritical I can truly be, um, which is what I did with Jin Seon. And what I'm realizing I've done with Goara as well. I've seen Goara in so many things and I really was like, I just don't like her. And now I'm watching her in Dodo, Soul Soul, La La Soul, whatever it's called. She's fucking great in it. She's so good. Anyway, so really getting off topic here. Um, so Jin Seon, the first time I saw her was in the 2012 drama called Bridal Mask, also known as Gakshital. Um, it is a like a Japanese occupation era drama, so set in Korea during the Japanese occupation. It is dark as fuck and it is amazing and it stars the actor Juwon. And by it is amazing, I mean I watched it eight years ago and it was amazing. <laughs> but I can't really remember why I thought that other than... It was kind of like, it's a thriller almost at points. I was edge of my seat. So Jin Seon plays, you know, the main male lead's first love who he reconnects with and she basically fucking hates him. And 
I did not like her in that drama. And, you know, I can't remember why I didn't like her because it's so long since I've seen it. I have literally no memory about what it was that I disliked. But I just continued to carry that feeling of dislike with me for eight years of my life. Every time I saw she was in a drama, I was like, no, I'm not going to watch that drama with her in it. And then this year, um, I tried out her drama called mm, Selection, The War Between Women, which came out the very end of last year and carried over into this year, 2020. And I was like, no, I'm just... I really want to watch Joseon set dramas because that's, you know, the kind of stories I write and the books I write are set during that period. It's really helpful for me to see the costumes and the stories and just the different aspects of life from those dramas. It's so good for me. Um, so she's in so many historical dramas that I'd avoided for so long that I wanted to watch. And the only reason I hadn't watched them was because she was in them and because I'm a terrible person, clearly. He's very judgmental, obviously. Ugh, how horrible. So I did give it a go selection the war between women also known as queen love and war and i do have an episode on that show as well um and i loved it and i loved her she was so good in that so then after watching her in that i was like oh well clearly she's great so i need to watch her in some more stuff um so i am currently as i record this at the end of 2020 halfway and by halfway i mean just at the very start <laughs> of the 2016 drama, The Flower in Prison. So Jin Se-yeon is the main lead role in that. And she definitely carries the whole drama. It is a 50 episode saguk and I cannot believe it's so long. I am loving it. She is so charming in it. She's just gorgeous and lovely in it. Um, so yeah, I love her now apparently. And I also saw her recently in the 2018 mini drama, um, a rom-com called High End Crush with the actor Jong Il Woo, who, um, so I've also got an episode on High End Crush as well for the podcast. So yeah, I really, really love her now. And I'm really excited that I love her because after I finally, if I ever, you know, one day in the future in a million years from now, finished the 50 episode saguk, The Flower in Prison, I'm going to go and watch Jin Se-yeon in Grand Prince with Yoon Shi-yoon, um, which I'm really, really excited about. And also it's a lot shorter than 50 episodes. And that's really cool. Um, so she's in all, some other dramas as well, like some modern ones, but I don't know if I've heard very good things about those. <laughs> she was in a drama this year in 2020 called Born Again, but I definitely didn't hear great things about the writing of that show. So I'm, I'm not sure if it's for me or not. It sounds pretty bonkers. Um, so it's very exciting to add someone new to, I guess, my very well-established list of actors and actresses that I really, really love. And I guess this year, the people that I really added would be Yu Yeon Sook, who is like you know, a returning ad and also Jin Se-yeon. And then I guess the last person I'm going to talk about. So this is the last uh, person, I guess, on my list that I'm going to chat about. I actually had an enormous list. I had like three times as many like actors and actresses on it, but I've realized that I can't possibly talk about everyone. So I'm going to have to miss out basically three quarters of everybody that I wanted to talk about. And instead, I've just stuck to my absolute top kind of top, top kind of people. Um, but this last entry to my list of top, top favorites um, is a total resurgence as well. Very interestingly. So this is the actor um, Jong Il-woo. Jong Il-woo? <laughs> 
Jang Il Wu, <laughs> my accent. Um, so Jang Il Wu is an actor that was around very much so when I first started watching dramas. Uh, the first drama that I ever saw him in was called 49 Days, and it was from 2011. It is a melodrama and kind of like it has a fantasy element in that Jung Il-woo, he, he plays this character who is a scheduler, but basically a grim reaper. Um, but he's sort of this, uh, it's really fun. Like most of the drama is this sad, emotional, slow beautiful, like really dark melodrama. But Jong Il-woo's character is a scheduler uh, who's there to kind of give a character that's died, the female lead, an extra 49 days to resolve some of her grievances and do all this stuff. So he keeps coming in and checking in on her all the time, making sure things are going all right. But he's also this like completely handsome, young sort of motorbike dude who is just like real pissy and annoyed all the time because he has to like be there kind of scheduling her. So he's very like, um, I want to say catty, <laughs> very sassy. Uh, so he's a real standout in that drama. And it's such a strange, I think, addition to such a slow oh, heartbreaking, hurtful kind of show in a good way, hurtful. I mean, it's a melodrama. So, I mean, I watched 49 Days, I guess, nine years ago now. So it was a very, very early drama for me. And it was it made a very deep impression. But I hated the ending beyond anything. It was one of the first endings for a K-drama that broke my heart and really, really hurt me. Um, in fact, the ending of Dream High, my very first drama, also really hurt me. <laughs> so I guess I was used to it. I don't know. I should have been used to it by then. I don't know why I kept watching dramas if they were hurting me that badly. Um, but I really liked 49 Days and I think Jong Il Woo for me was a real standout in it. And then that same year, he starred in a drama called Flower Boy Ramen Shop. Oh, how professional I am. I thought there was someone at my door, so I stopped recording, but there isn't, so I guess I'm fine. So anyway, <laughs> back to what I was talking about. Um, Jong Il Woo stars in the drama Flower Boy Ramen Shop. Uh, so that was like an entry into, you know, the Flower Boy series. So my favorite drama, Flower Boy Next Door, one of my favorite dramas. Um, but there was also Flower Boy Shut Up boy band, whatever the fuck it was called, which also had L in it, um, which I didn't really love that drama particularly at all. But Flower Boy Ramen Shop was very, very big when it came out. It was very, very popular. Um, I enjoyed it. And I keep thinking, I keep wondering if I'd watch it again, but it's quite old now, so probably I wouldn't. Um, so it's a rom-com and it's basically uh, Jung Il Woo is a high school senior who is, you know, a ratty dickhead rich boy and he ends up I don't know working in a ramen shop with some like slightly older lady who was potentially his teacher but I can't remember and he hits on her a lot and then I don't know do they live together and they fall in love I can't even fucking remember for the life of me um it was okay I think I quite liked it but it didn't like I wasn't totally addicted or anything um then the next drama I saw him in was The Moon Embracing the Sun from 2012 which was the Kim Soo Hyun star making vehicle basically and, and Jong Il Woo played the second male lead I literally cannot remember anything about his role in that drama at all like even the smallest bit so I guess I won't say anything so I feel like I really really liked Jong Il Woo at the very beginning when I first started watching drama probably now that I'm thinking about it because of 49 days and my impression of him after watching that show but then after that I really 
just sort of stopped watching his shows. I didn't really pick any up. In 2014, I had a go at a drama called Diary of a Night Watchman, which I remember finding very atmospheric and creepy. And I loved that kind of side of it. But I remember the romance for me really fell flat and I didn't really feel anything. But part of me wonders if I'll go back. I'm kind of having a resurgence of, um, you know, historical dramas and I kind of watch them a bit differently now, maybe because I am a bit more interested in just the setting and the history aspects. So maybe I'll give that one another go. I don't know now that I've got all this resurged love for Jong Il-woo. Um, in 2016, he was in a drama with the actress Park So Dum uh, called Cinderella and the Four Knights, and I did watch that one. I cannot remember a single thing about it. It was light as fluff, and I watched it, and then I guess it just floated away. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so then in... Oh, well, then I guess I didn't I didn't watch him or think about him until this year when I picked up Hetchy. So Hetchy came out in 2019, but I watched it this year in 2020, and it's a big, long fucking serious historical and it's amazing it's so good and Jong Il Woo is amazing in it and I love him and he blew me away in that drama and then I watched him in High End Crush which I've got it so I've got an episode on Hetchy I've got an episode on High End Crush um and he's fucking hilarious in High End Crush to just such a high degree that I can't can't even deal with it he's so good so yeah I love him now apparently so he's in another drama that I haven't watched that came out this year called Sweet Munchies. Um, but I really do love him, so maybe I'll, I'll give that a go. So, yeah, I'll end that there. Wow, so I really didn't expect this episode to be quite as long <laughs> as it is, but I guess because it's episode 70, I can say it's a bit of a celebration of 70 episodes of this podcast show and maybe that justifies me waffling at you for nearly two hours about um, actors and actresses that I really really love. Hilariously my list was really really long and I thought that I would be able to get through three three times as many people um, really quickly and obviously that was not not a feat that was possible whatsoever. Um, so I'm going to stop talking about them uh, well about anybody else. Um, but I do just have like like a super, super quick list, um, which I'm going to read out of people that I did want to talk about, but I just can't. So I really like Kim Yong Kwang, Jisoo, Park Min Yong, Elle, Yu Inna, uh, Im Ju Hwan, Nam Ju Hyuk, Jin Ki, Jin Ki Ju, um, Lee Jae Wook, So Kang Joon, Park So Joon. Oh, I love Park So Joon. Um, Kim Kyung Nam, who is kind of a new newer addition, who I just love. Cannot wait to see him in a lead role. Um, Kim Soo Hyun and just, just so many other people. <laughs> I obviously can't talk about everyone. And I know for sure that I will have obviously left off some people that you might really, really love. Um, and I hope that... I just hope everyone can understand that everyone has their own personal bias and their own personal favorites. I think that is obviously how it's always going to work with these things when it is such a, you know, a personal history on who you connect with and why you connect with them and why you follow people around or, you know, maybe even just the really super shallow shit, like who you think is like really handsome or pretty. <laughs> oh, I hate that about myself, but there you go. I can't help but being the fangirl that I am. And I, I guess I'll not apologize for it. So uh, this week I was going to do my normal random thing and my something I'm loving and my personal update sections. But because this has just 
blown out of proportion and gone way too long. I'm going to skip those um, because it is episode 70. So, you know, why not? Um, so yeah, that's it from me talking about all the Korean actors and actresses that I really, really love. Um, I'd love to hear your list, so please feel free to send them through to me. Um, but also please know it does take me a little while to get back to people at this point, just because I am so snowed under, but I really love getting your messages and emails. It's so cool for me. And I love seeing who your favorites are. Okay, so this is the part of the show where I just want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to my Patreon supporters because it really, really means so very much to me to have all you guys there. Um, so I do put a lot of time and effort into creating this podcast and the fact that people like what I do enough to support me on Patreon, it really, really feels very encouraging and cool. So thank you all to my Patreon supporters so very much. Um, and I also have some exclusive extra like podcast episodes. So I've got four up there already and I'll be recording the fifth this month. Um, so yeah, it's just some little bits and pieces there. Um, so the idea is that for the price of a cup of coffee a month or a little bit more, if you're feeling generous, um, you can support me to continue doing what I do. And also you get those exclusive extras in return as a thank you for that support. Um, of course, I totally understand that it's not something that everyone can do at the moment, um, with the way the world is, especially, um, or it might just not be your thing. And that is totally fine as well. Um, this podcast will continue to just be free and keep going as it has been, although with some extra breaks soon, as I've been saying, um, just going forward, it will always be that way. So I totally understand whatever situation you're in. Huge thank you to those people who do support me on Patreon and a huge thank you to everyone else who just chooses to listen as well. That is another great way of showing your support to me and my podcast. So thank you all so very much.